Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, and welcome back. This is going to be for Acts chapter 22. The heading reads, Paul recounts the story of his conversion and also tells of seeing Jesus in a vision. He has accorded some privileges as a Roman citizen. Verse 1, Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense which I make now unto you. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence, and he saith, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. Paul was of the tribe of Benjamin, but those of Benjamin and Judah were considered Jews. Among Romans, Paul could boast of his Roman citizenship, but with the Jews he could establish his social stature as a disciple of Gamaliel. The latter was undoubtedly one of the greatest rabbinical figures of his time. He was more properly called Rabban, a title which exceeded rabbi in distinction and reputation. Gamaliel was also a member of the Sanhedrin, which decided at length to beat Peter and John instead of kill them. The Jews must have been impressed by Paul's association with the rabbi Gamaliel, but they were not impressed enough to hearken to his message. Paul leaves no doubt about his orthodox training, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew, of the Hebrews, as touching the law a Pharisee. The Mishnah outlines the education of the Orthodox boy who began studying Scripture at five and advanced rabbinical interpretation at fifteen. And in Jerusalem, Paul studied with a rabbi, Gamaliel, whose character shows a combination of devotedness, of devotedness and breadth. Grandson of Hillel, he towers in the early Mishnah tradition. When Rabbi Gamaliel the elder died, the glory of the law ceased, and purity and abstinence died. And when the Sanhedrin was close to sentencing the apostles to death, a Pharisee named Gamaliel arose, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all people. Paul was born about the beginning of the Christian era, since Acts calls him a young man when Stephen was stoned about A.D. 33. His formal study under Gamaliel would fall between A.D. 20, long before Jesus' public ministry began. Elder Maxwell said, not only are these are their intriguing truths only partially disclosed in Holy Scriptures in terms of their implications, but there are also some individuals about whom we would especially desire to know more about and about whom one day we shall. Gamaliel the Pharisee was such an individual. He was a much respected doctor of the law. Paul had been one of his pupils. Gamaliel used his influence on one occasion in the Sanhedrin to give appropriate counsel, which benefited the, the work of the Lord. That was back in Acts chapter 5. Did Gamaliel have any spiritual promptings which caused him to call for for fair play for the apostles? Did he later affiliate with the Church of Jesus Christ? We do not know, but the wisdom of Gamaliel was surely significant. Verse 4, And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest doth bear bear me witness, and all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and and went to Damascus to bring them, which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey... 
and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. Heber J. Grant taught, Many men say, if I could only see an angel, if I could only hear an angel proclaim something, that would, that would cause me to be faithful all the days of my life. It had no effect upon these men that were not serving the Lord, and it would, not, and it would have no effect today. Brigham Young said, Pray that you never see an angel. He was talking historically. Almost everybody who saw an angel left the church. They came back, but they had the, these terrible problems. It gave them inflated egos and so on. They thought they were somebody, somebody special. Well, they were, but they couldn't take it. It would be very dangerous if we were exposed to the other world to any degree. Only people that are very humble can do that, not us. We can't do that. We are not that humble. That was by uh, Hugh Nibley. Verse 7, And I fell unto the ground, and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light, and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of, the, of him that spake, that spake to me. As you read verse 9, did you remember that Paul's earlier account says the opposite? Do you remember that Acts 9-7 says that Paul's associates heard a voice but didn't see the light? Here is one of the few outright contradictions in the scripture. Did Paul's companions see or hear the phenomena that accompanied his conversion? The Bible says they did, and the Bible says they did not. Do you think that the prophet Joseph Smith remembered that these two verses are contradictory when he translated the New Testament? Not likely, but the Spirit inspired the prophet to change Acts 9-7 to conform with Paul's personal testimony in Acts 22. In the Joseph Smith translation, the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man, who was changed to, they, they who were journeying with him saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him who spake to him. The correction of this seemingly insignificant contradiction is just one more bit of evidence testifying to the inspired nature of the Joseph Smith translation. Verse 10, And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of these of all things which are appointed for thee, for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood, and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked up upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldst know his will, and see thou just one, and see that just one, and shouldst hear the voice of the mount. Of, the, of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And it came to pass, when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance, and saw him saying unto me, Make haste, and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I am imprisoned, and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And then the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed. I also was standing by and consenting unto his death, and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence into, unto the Gentiles. And they gave him audience unto this word, and then lifted up their voices, and said, Away with it, such a fellow, for the earth, for it is from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. Hugh Nibley said, The multitude were cut to the heart when Stephen accused them of rejecting what had been brought by the disposition of angels.
But the last straw was when he had the effrontery to say, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. If Stephen had spent his life as innumerable philosophers have, have denouncing the vices and follies of the age, he might have died peacefully in bed. But those fatal words, I see, were his death warrant. And what did Paul say? to make the Jews cry out in utter horror, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live, as they cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air. What indeed? These were the unforgivable words that made him unfit to live. Suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me, and I fell into the ground, and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Paul could have won his audience over by speaking as a scholar, but when he bore witness to what he had seen and heard, he was, he was asking for trouble. Verse 23, And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and made that and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed that thou doest for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was free born. Then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid, after he knew that he was a Roman, because he had bound him. And he loosed him from his bands. On the morrow, because he, he, was, he would have known the certainty, wherefore he was accused of the Jews, he commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. So this is him being brought before the Sanhedrin. So anyway, that's the end of the chapter and uh, come back tomorrow and we'll see the exciting uh, continuation of Paul's story. See you next time. Bye.